Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So, this week on the podcast, we have Mark Tankersley. Mark is an actor from the United States who has uh, been based in Ireland for the last little while, and uh, we have a chat about that and kind of his travels, and um, it's a brilliant, brilliant chat. You probably know Mark best from uh, on Klondike and TG Carter, but uh, a heap of other things as well. Uh, so, I would encourage you to go have a little check uh, out about what Mark's been up to because he is a smashing, smashing actor. Uh, so, thank you so much, Mark, for doing it. Guys, let's get straight into it. Uh, just a couple of little things. First and foremost, thank you so much to everyone who listened to the Mark O'Halloran episode uh, the week previous, uh, Mark was like a dream guest. Um, it was so brilliant. If you want to give that a share, uh, a like, um, a, a retweet, uh, one of the things, that'd be amazing um, and we massively uh, appreciate anything that you can do to help us out. Also, a huge thank you to everyone who got in touch about Fix Me. Fix Me, my web series on YouTube. Check it out. You can do a little Netflix binge now in about 53 minutes, I reckon. Um, all four episodes are available and online. Uh, it would be brilliant if if you haven't already checked it out, if you can, a huge thank you to everyone who got in touch uh, about enjoying it, um, about kind of their thoughts. It was really, really cool to kind of get to interact with people about it. And if you got a chance to watch it, I'd love to know what you thought, uh, uh, any likes, any shares. They genuinely just make more people be able to watch it, and, and that is so important for these things. Um, and yeah, I just really appreciate it, and thank you guys for all that you do. Um, so, aside from that, uh, let's get stunk into Mark Tankersley playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. Tom Moran's Personality Bingo Tom Moran's Personality Bingo Mark Tanker, you ready to play Personality Bingo with Tom Moran? I believe... <laughs> yeah. How, how, how big a shift in the energy was there from for that's, people who weren't listening? No, it's pretty big. Pretty big shift, but I can go with it. Yeah, all right, let's oh, do it. All right. Um, okay, so I'll explain you how it works. It's very simple. So okay. basically, uh, I have 60 questions here in front of me. I'm okay. going to put 60 sec- minutes on the clock. Um, and then I'm going to put, uh, there's already 60 balls in here. So each number corresponds to a question. So when I pull out a ball, then I ask you the corresponding question. Okay. Yeah. And so then I picked out, <laughs> I picked out, well, we'll say randomly generated five numbers from you here, okay? So okay. this is like your bingo card. I'm going to ask right. you to pick a sixth in a minute on Mike. So that, that would be the six numbers that you're, I suppose, hoping that come up, right? Right. So when, if one of these numbers comes up, you just tick it off. Yeah. And if not, we just ask the question and we just go on. Right what else. happens if one of them comes up? Did I miss that part? No. So what happens if you cross off all six, yeah. which has never been done before? Never. Never. Ooh. Yeah. So that's a challenge. That's well, a little passive-aggressive challenge coming yeah, at you right that's there. Hard. No, you're fine. Um, <laughs> if you can cross off all six, that means that you get to turn any question at all in the whole wide world that you want back onto me, and I will answer it. I grab one out of the ether and ask you it. Yeah, the ask ether of your brain. You, ask if you, you it. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. You Pretty simple. So basically, we'll just go through it. So look, what I'll do is I'll give you these five numbers. Would you do me a favor and read them out one by one? One by one. One by one. If it's a double-digit number, I can read them together. They can go together. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 34. Okay. 33. Great. 2. Mm-hmm. 19. Uh-huh. 49. Very good. Okay, and what I'm going to do, I'm a very kind person. I'm going to let you pick. It's <laughs> going great. It's going really good so far. <laughs> you swear we did rehearsals. Um, I'm going to let you pick out a 6. You get. You can scribble it down there. Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I know. Do I tell you? Yeah, you can tell me. I don't know whether you want to do a lucky number, like a... I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do five. And is there a reason why you're going for number five? It's my favorite number. Okay, nice. 
Just and and why? I, I guess it was you know when we started doing uh, arithmetic where I'm from maths mm. Mm. when I was younger. Oh, you can keep I, that. I, You're I, gonna oh, need I that. Oh, I keep it. I'll oh, need yeah. that. That's, oh, that's, yeah. You that's could important. manipulate the thing there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my, my yeah. job is to spin the bingo machine, and you're gonna cross off the numbers if we get them. Oh. But yeah, I should stress, no one's ever got six. Was I here for that part? Uh, I might have skipped over it. Right. I've yeah, introduced when I was young, times. we just started doing arithmetic, and I discovered that. Five was just as easy to multiply with as two. Oh, yeah. And as a matter of fact, you could get much larger numbers much quicker. That is that is a very, like, male... And I still like, use it today. Yeah. In, in doing... doing I, I hate to use a calculator, so... Nice. Um, you know, that kind of... Five works well for me. Yeah. I always love the eight times tables for some reason. Were you? Yeah, for some reason. Those get me. Really? Yeah. I'm not good at those. Yeah, I was very good. But we never... Did you go up past 10? Because, like, we only ever went as far as 10. We never... So I, I wouldn't... If you asked me, like, 8 times 12, that isn't in my, like, quick fire brain. Immediate. Yeah, you know what I mean? Okay. Because we used to play... Yes. Right. Yeah. We used to play a game where we'd stand back to back and we'd, we'd make our hands into a little gun shape. And then she'd call out the number and then we'd have to turn around like a... Like cowboys, and you know what I mean? And, like, with the quick draw and... Like really? Two, yeah, and with the... Whoever got in first. How old? Oh... I don't know what what what, what age are you when you learn your tables? Is it ten in there somewhere? Yeah, yeah. All, all that childhood stuff kind of blends into one like ten year bubble of not knowing. It stuff. can. And there's some markers that set it apart, like a really embarrassing time. Yeah, or, or a, you know, horrible time, or a yeah, really funny time, or something like you can go to school and there's a tear in your pants or something, and you can remember. Yeah, that age. It's true. I remember all the times that I cried in school. Really? Um, yeah, I can remember all of them. There was actually quite a lot. I was a bit of a, like a, a I don't want to say a crybaby, but I was a crybaby. <laughs> <laughs> what were they about? Well, I was very sensitive. I was very sensitive, but I was also very sporty. Like, I loved playing football. Right. I was a weird child, really. Like, I was quite, and I was very heavy as oh. well. I was very fat <laughs> as, as a child. Oh, were you? But I was also very sporty and, and like, kind of good at sports, you know? It was a weird mix, but um, if someone used, like, would say something to me or would, like, give out to me for something that would happen in sport that used to really upset me. I would take it so personally. Really? Yeah, very much so. Did they give you, since you were a little bit overweight, did they, did you have nicknames, cruel nicknames? Not so much. Other, other guys did much no, worse. I did, I did. Not at school. Huh. But there was a period there when I was I was uh, chunky, as, as we say, when your metabolism is changing, right? It like when, when hormones or puberty and everything else is going on, yeah. the last thing you need is somebody <laughs> to be sure. calling you names because yeah. you're trying to figure out what the is going on anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. But nobody at school um, gave me any nicknames, but my brothers and sisters did. Really? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And did was it the kind of thing where you'd go to your parents and you'd want to tell them, or was it like fend for yourselves? Well, it was kind of fend for yourselves for a bit, and then it escalated. Right. As it does. Yeah, of course. And it's getting out of control. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's hurting my feelings and how bad. Yeah. I can't hide it anymore. So yeah, I'd do it, you know, and then later on, you know, the mom would say, you know, you know, don't call your brother, you know, piggy. And uh, so it'd be like, yeah, okay, okay. And that lasts for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And then around the corner, when she was around the corner, whatever. Mm. Yeah, piggy, piggy, piggy. Uh, yeah. So we got one wish on her birthday. Um... That we could do anything. That we could have anything. Okay. You know, I mean, you know, reason not not financially or buy a car or something. Sure. But a, a wish that that you couldn't do for the day, that nobody else could do for the day. Mm. 
or could do or had to do. And my wish on this birthday, after the Piggy nickname got set in, was they couldn't call me Piggy all day. Ah. And I think only then is when it kind of sunk in of how that it wasn't necessarily always fun to make your sibling cry. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's they're funny. lovely people. Wonderful, wonderful. But <laughs> that's one of the things. And so my sister said, said okay, we'll call you Yigip. So Yigip. Like a piggy backwards. Oh. And then I knew that a sense of humor came into it. Yeah. And I was fine with it. Okay. You know, you can call me Yigip all you want. <laughs> for me, And they did. And then it wasn't any fun for them anymore, and they stopped. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's like a Bible story, that in its own... Is it? Did it take that long? <laughs> well, let's get... See, that, that's the problem with this game. You see, you get into, like, a good story, and then you just want to riff off that the well, whole thing. Well, let's just play the But game. we've got a structure. All right, okay. I've let's, got the right, correct shoes on for this game. Y- yeah, I think, I think you're good. All right, okay. So, it's quarter to... So, we've done by... We've done, we've done an hour. That's it. What? It's that quick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's in and out. It's in and out, man. All right. All right, let's do it. Okay, I'm going to spin first oh. time. Let's see what we got. Okay, hey. first number out. <laughs> we have number 58. 58. Do you have it in your six? Mm, boy, I wish I did, but I don't. No, that's Go no ahead, worries. Bill. All right, question is, oh, <laughs> very apt. If you could choose one person to interview, who would it be? Wow. Mm. I dove right see, in there. See, something, yeah, something, something just flat. Somebody just ran through my head. Oh, go with that one. And I don't, and and they're gone. Oh, I they all it almost made it to my mouth. Okay, <laughs> but it didn't. Okay, we didn't get there. And as soon as that happened, I thought, uh, that's the kind of question you need to answer right away. And I think that's the thought that ran them out of my head, and ah. now I don't remember who they are. Um, boy, that's tough. It is tough. Well, um, let's well we'll just get categorical about it. Um. And you can help guide me. Yeah, of course. Since you you're a, you've been doing this for years. Yes, yeah, I'm very experienced. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very and like it's apt. You should be asking me about interviewing because I'm very skilled at it. Apparently, apparently you are. Uh-huh. Um. Do they have to be living? No, I'll, I'll. You can go for a dead one. Do they have to be real? A, a historical. Yeah, I'm saying they have to be real. Uh, okay, an historical person, not a being. Yeah. Are you? Do you want to interview God? No, I didn't say that. Okay. I did not say that. I was just... I'm not saying I don't. Okay. I did a few questions that could be asked. Yeah, because that would the implication then would be that, that he is real. But we could get into that too if you want. Oh, and then I said he... Oh, no, man. Then that'd be... Uh, that'd be 60 minutes. That'd be 60 minutes of, yeah. of entertaining things, um, we would hope. Because you see, in America, you've got that tradition of like all the mm-hmm. talk show hosts as well and like the chat shows. I feel like that's... Oh, sure, it's a thing here, but like mm. it's such a thing. Over there. I feel like a lot Huge. of kids grow up wanting to be, I don't know, Johnny Carson or... Well, they can. They can. Yeah, they... Well, I, I think now, I think that might have been in the day. And then there was a period there where, like, the shock jocks. Mm. You know, there was a period there where there was uh, the DJs. Like um, Howard Stern kind of thing? Well, pre-Howard Stern. Oh. When the, yeah, the guys that were playing... The Elvis Presley records, and 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 someone listening to this will know that person's name, mm-hmm. the man that first played that, um, you know, first forty-five, the kind of the kingmaker, as mm. it were, no mm. no pun intended. And anyway, I wouldn't want to interview him. Mm-hmm. But then from him, uh, in my there was a guy named Wolfman Jack. Good name. Um, yes, Wolfman Jack. 
and he did it forever. And he kind of, people would, um, this whole thing started payola, where they would pay DJs off, popular DJs. Record companies would pay them, give them money to play record X from group Y and make them stars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then where did we go? So... And then there's other than shock jocks and Howard Stern comes along and all the other guys, then, then Rush Limbaugh, political guys, and they get a whole following and they influence elections. And yeah, here we are. Yeah. Um, But it's done differently these days, I hear. Yeah. Um, So anyway, uh, um, I I think now I think they would want to be, you know, presenters on um, in, in news outlets more than anything else, I think, would be mm-hmm. my guess. If someone was offering a course at some college, yeah, that's what it would be. That says a lot, doesn't it? Like the fact that because it's the, the implication there is almost that now, like, news outlets are not news outlets, they are outlets for certain ideologies or opinions, yeah, filtered through the news. Yes, like, it's more, for example, Fox versus like, well, what a CNN, well, yeah, like that's. Republican and Democrat. Really. Well, yeah, theoretically. Okay. I mean, in, in a broad roller paintbrush. Yeah, that was the basic bitch explanation yeah. of it. But Yeah. <laughs> it would have to be, I might want to interview, I think it'd have to be an author. Oh, really? Now that we're getting there. I don't know what, I just, just out of the top of my, um, poof. Albert Camus would be great. Mm-hmm. But Herman Hesse would be great, but there's so much baggage along with him and other people's opinion that might influence any kind of answers, um, the, the, how they were received by an audience. Uh, Cormac McCarthy, mm. um, I guess that would be a pretty cool interview. Yeah. Um, Sim Or Sam Shepard. Um, Maybe Sam Shepard mm. for now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On the, You know, what is it? What's today? Monday? Yeah. 12th of June, 2017? That's right. Let's say Sam Shepard. Nice. Um, it is yeah. one of those questions that you could have a different answer for every day of the week. I think so. And I probably would be the person that would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam Shepard's very good, though. Yeah. 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 A lot of, lot of stuff there. Yeah. A lot of stuff there. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that one. Okay. All right, nice. Let's go on. Oh, that's one question done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many more? Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> no, no, this is great. I, uh, this is the show, man. All right, uh, ball number 30. Do you have it on your little? That's not on yours. Six. Oh, man, I've got 34, 33, but no. No, that's all right. Okay, question number 30 is, what is your most treasured relationship with someone over the age of 65? <sighs> wow. Most of them are gone. Mm. Um, wow, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, squeaking in, squeaking in, over sixty-five. I'd have to be my sister if we're if we're squeaking in, mm-hmm. cheating just a bit. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that would be the only person other than a former neighbor, um, here in Ireland, mm. that. I would call cherished, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister, she's yeah. the oldest. She's the one that came up with Yigit. I was going to ask. Thank you. Yes. Sorry, I should have let you. But but it, it but things have improved since then. 
Yes. <laughs> that was pensive. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I want to be. I want to be honest. Yeah. No, no, no. It's family. Family's mad, man. And like, so what? Like, are you dress your family back back home. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are. They're they're in. Uh, um, let's see. They are. They're all. One brother, one sister in Texas, and a brother in Nashville. Well. And how often do you get back to see them? Or do they come here? I haven't been back. They just, sometimes they're just in the States. You just, just it's 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 a mind blower. It's a quantum leap just to get a passport. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? For yeah. some people. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy these days, even if you're, <laughs> even if you were born there. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's, it's, whoa. And uh, um, I get back, I was back and forth. Five times in the span of three years, um, lots of lots of lots of things to get back and forth for there. Mm-hmm. Um, and my last trip, the last of those five trips, the fifth one, was in uh, 2012. Mm. So I have not been back in five years. Well, yeah. And do you feel it? Do you feel like a yearning to be back, or does this feel I, like home now? This. This feels like home, um, and 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 solidly so, until fairly recently. And I think it's just a, I've been here for what now, thirteen years, mm. so it's m- m- maybe just a cyclical thing. And for some reason, this year, I'm whoa, thirteen years. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but longing to be back there, oh. Specific people, not people in general, right? Um, not the American public, okay. Um, but specific people, mm. um, specific geographic places, like you know, East Village in New York or Brooklyn, or or Central Texas, mm. or Colorado, or you know, uh, New Orleans, different places that have. Previously felt like home. Yeah, I, I I would like to go to again. Yeah, but, uh, but it's you know it's so spread out, man. It's, I know. You know yeah. you can't pop over there on a you know cheap flight and you know really see stuff. Mm. You know it's uh, you got to spend the summer at least, and even then, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Between working and coordinating and whatever else, you know. Yeah, it's kind of hard to see a lot. Yeah, and you know when you were talking about like that. You know, it's been 13 years and like maybe for the first time you had those kind of feelings of like, wow, just, I don't know, whatever that was. Like, yeah. What, like, what, I don't know, like, does that, do you have a curiosity in you like to, to like go, because you, you've, you've traveled a bit. I feel like you've seen a lot of the world. Do you have a curiosity to go see someone else that look like maybe it's time to move on from uh, Ireland? I, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Right. No. Um, I have had that before, um, but not so. Not so much in going to see something else, but that I need. To, I'm I'm kind of done here. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then just stumbled into something else or some other place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but they always wound up to be quite extreme differences from where I had been previously. As far as now going somewhere else, um. I, I don't know if it's if it's uh, age or um, 
you know, no, make my stand here. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not to put it in some kind of weird kind of, you know, um, romantic novel, you know, literary sense mm-hmm. term. But but just stay here yeah, and finish it out here is kind of kind of where I'm at now. Mm. Um, and once I feel like I, when I say finish it down, I don't mean die <laughs> although that's a possibility sure yeah. um any day you wake up it's a possibility mm-hmm. um but uh um now would not be the time to move on from here yeah you know what i mean yeah i don't feel like uh um that's like the time is done here mm. you know mm-hmm. is that weird no it's not all right because what's really interesting about you i feel like you're like you're you, you, well to me you're like you, you've I don't know. I've known you for like probably two years or something, give or take. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and you're you're to me you feel very American while being like completely Irish. It's really strange. Is it? Yeah, because even just like little things like your accent still, it's an amazing yeah. accent. But you know, I, did you did, did any of that like dull the, the accent or anything like that? There was a time. No, I, back in the school days, they tried to beat it out of me, man. Really? Oh, Are we talking Julia days? Yeah, back in there. Yeah, and you know. And uh, um, the madness of it. Yeah. And um, and there was a moment when I, I called up the folks when I was in, in, in New York at that time. Right. I called up the folks and, and uh, hi. And my mom's like, oh, hello. Oh, what are y'all doing? I was like, what are you doing? It's like, who is this? I had worked, I had done such a good job, not even my own mother recognized me. Wow. And I thought, no, no, I've got to, I've got to be able to separate and use it. Now, that might have been a mistake. I don't know. Mm. But it really was like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm changing enough as it is. Wow. You know, my mom doesn't even recognize me. But here, um... After a few years here, I was doing a, a voiceover once, mm. and it was kind of a, it was like a demo for for whatever. Uh, I think it could have been some something that that came and went, um, Clearwire or or, or, or or Internet for All or something, right. you know, bogus stuff, and trying to cash in, and went in for the demo for it, you know, and I did it. And the, and the engineer and the client were out in the in the you know were out where they were. And he said, "Bart, um, let's try that again. Um, that that sounds a little Irish." And I was like, "Whoops, that's not good." That's Do you know what funny. I mean? That yeah. is not good. Yeah. Because if if they're wanting you to come in there on the on the odd occasion that I would get a voiceover, they're wanting you to come in because of the way you sound. Yeah, sure. So you know. Yeah. Um, and to sound Irish for me is probably not a good career choice yeah. because shock, there are a lot of Irish people here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Who can do voiceovers and have lovely voices. Yeah, yeah. And God bless them. Yeah. But I don't want to be competing with them. No. Because I would lose. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just there. Plus for me, it's a big part of, uh, I think in all the moving around, um, I think it's an identity thing. 
Yeah. And I recognize that in you guys, too, that in one, I had no idea there were so many accents mm. until I moved here. Sure. <laughs> generally in America, if you're going to go up and do a play in an equity theater or whatever else, generally, um, kind of outside the metropolises, as in, you know, New York and whatnot, you can generally get away with an Irish accent. Mm. You generally can work hard and get there and get something kind of neutralish that would work out. Yeah. And that, that, that fulfills that aspect of the character for that audience mm-hmm. in the play, you know? Come here. No, 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 no. He is from, everyone will be able to tell, everyone in this audience will be able to tell where he's from, specifically, what part of that area he is from, quite possibly, how much money his father or mother made, his family made. Do you know all the, what they did for a living, his socioeconomic, his education, everything mm. from an accent, you know, to a certain degree. Mm. So you're going to have to be pretty specific, mm. you know, unless I'm just waffling on here. So for me to keep the accent as it is, um, I, I it's helped me um, because, you know, identity, yeah. you know? Yeah, do, do, do you think, like, it... Um because when when I when I think about that, the word like is it even a word? Comfortability, is that a word? It can be. Okay, it is now. For uh, us. But it is for us. Like a comfortability in yourself to keep. Because I sometimes, especially when I was younger, I noticed like I would, I I could um just you know just start to talk like the person I was talking like if I went into a new group, I'd want to like merge into that group very much because I never wanted to right. be the outsider. Right. Whereas like your accent automatically makes you vocally the outsider in, yeah. in pretty much any situation here Kinda. but yeah. you've kept it like would you con- would you consider yourself very comfortable in yourself say it again would you consider yourself comfortable in yourself and in being that 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 little bit different because of that um yeah i, I mean i i know yeah i i don't have any problem yeah i'm comfortable yeah um 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 with myself in this environment, mm. um, you know, as, as, as we're not always comfortable with ourselves. No, sure, sure, sure. But you know what I mean, yeah. In in that in that sense, of course, and and I find some, and I and I have a certain affinity, a recognition, because we do the same thing in the states. You see that sh- that you guys do here. That in other words, you know, if somebody comes to Dublin from Cork, it's almost like my perception is it's almost like they actually make their accent a little bit stronger, a little bit more of an identity thing. Mm. Um, uh, or or if they're from Kerry or, you know, or Galway or, 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 or Donegal, you know, sometimes it's, it's a real identifiable part of their, um, of their identity. Mm. And they're proud of that and, and almost enthusiastic to let you know where they're from, from the way they speak. Mm. Um, just like um, in the Deep South, um, when I was in New York uh, for, for all those all that time, I tried to pull back on the accent a little bit because up there it's imme- immediately associated with I'm a hick. Yeah. I'm a southern hick. I'm, you know... We're swimming in the shallow end of the gene pool. Yeah. You know, the boy's not too bright. Uh. Um, talk slow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd change it up a bit. I, I, I learned initially, I, I said, uh, 
please and thank you to a guy in some, you know, uh, you know, tobacconist, you guys call him, you know, mm. um, a little shop, grab some gum. Uh, the man, he, he, he got, he was totally, he thought I was messing with him. He thought I was making fun of him because I said, thank you. Do you know what I mean? In this accent. And get out of my shop. Yeah, yeah. And so you kind of learn that, and that interferes with communicating, you know what I mean? Yeah. With people. Whereas then when I would travel through the South, mm-hmm. if you have a, as they say there, Yankee accent, do you know what I mean? From the North, you need to be kind of careful. Really? Well, I don't want to, you know, bring up images of, 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 uh, you know, deliverance and, and all those movies and all that stuff and don't go in the woods, you know. Yeah. Hey, how are you? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not here around here, are you? Yeah. You know, those, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> it's not all like that. Don't get me wrong. But I have been on road trips in the backwoods of wherever. For instance, in East Texas, which is not the big thicket. There's this forest, and people get lost there every once in a while just because of the topography. The forest is so thick. Mm. And they get out in there, and it's huge. And it, 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 it runs all the way from Texas way over into Louisiana, hundreds of miles mm. we're talking. And when I drive through um, isolated towns in the big thicket in East Texas, Having grown up only about 125, 150 miles away, I, I can't understand what they're saying. The dialect, you know, there's a Cajun mixed in there, and there's this mixed in there, and there's whatever else. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, there you are. Yeah. It's a good answer. Yeah. All right. uh, what was the question? Yeah, who knows? Your Honor. <laughs> Let's get the next one. <laughs> All right, here we go. That's, um, it's, that it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, all right, here we go. Uh, question number 21. 21. Do we have that one? Oh, no. No. All right, 21. <laughs> uh, 21. Question is, what's your opinion on Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Oh. I got to tell you, um, I admire him. Yeah. I mean, admiring does not necessarily endorse. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, for heaven's sakes, man. Do you know, he's he's... He's still standing. He's <laughs> he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Highest um, grossing actor in the world. Is that unbelievable? Who would have thunk Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. thought so? Yeah. Um and uh I think it's fantastic. It's amazing, isn't it? I think it is fantastic. Yeah. And I saw <laughs> <laughs> what movie was that? Well, I saw one is about a, you know, a football coach, a team, an underdog team. Right. What was the name of that one? That's going to have to be, you know, four or five years old now, which seems so old these days, judging by picture standards. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. I'll watch, a, I'll watch a movie and I'll go, oh, it was probably back in whenever there. And I'll look and it's like, it's only like two years ago. Mm. And it feels like whatever. Anyway, some football thing about the underdog team or the something. Somebody, yeah, I can hear the minds remembering now, but mine is not one of them. Uh-huh. That one, he did one called uh, about the CIA or something. He's an ex-CIA agent. Oh yeah, and he goes to his high school reunion. He was a, he was the he was the the piggy. He was the yigup in high school. Yes, you're right. And he had been bullied and made fun of, 
and ran naked into during the prom awards or yeah. something when they were picking the prom. Anyway. Yeah. And he comes back. He's made good, mm-hmm. I guess, in, 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 in that script because yeah. he was very successful with the CIA yeah. in clandestine operations and whatever. It's a comedy, mm-hmm. action, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of, kind of hitty and missy, but, yeah. you know, um, he tries to act in it. And and he, he does a little bit. Yeah. He try, he acts a little bit in it. Yeah. And um it's it was slightly off putting. Um because the choice he made about this character and how he felt about this other his his best buddy, mm. the one guy that stood up for him, the prom king stood up for him and how he felt about him. Mm. Um it came out slightly um unintentionally um unusual i don't think it anyway whatever i'm waffling no but I know, but yeah. yeah yeah Dwayne, go man yeah. knock him out he's doing good isn't he? go buddy yeah go he's doing well in that little market he has that little go market. man he's, now i heard somebody say he was a real jerk or whatever else but anybody ugh. yeah I, I people i some people think i'm a jerk i'm sure mm I I know I've met one or two. Yeah. And it confuses me. Because I don't think I'm a jerk. People who think you're a jerk. Yeah, that confuses me. Yeah. Because I, I don't think you're a jerk either. Well, I know, but we may be jerks. May, yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because remember in school, you know, the cliques, the groups, mm-hmm. the, the way who hangs out, you hang out with kind of your own ilk. Yeah. Well, that's you know? a challenging thing. I don't know about you. I was thinking about, that, about thinking back about this recently and like... It's a challenging thing when you remember, like that you you were mean to someone in school. Can you think back in a time when you uh, were mean? One to time, I was mean. Me and a few other guys were mean to this one kid. Yeah, and I knew at the time it was wrong. Yeah. Um. And my mom found out about it. Oh. I can still see that day in my friends. Good. Humans, my good friends, <laughs> even then, good kids. Yeah. And there was somebody else in there that kind of influenced the group marginally or whatever, whatever, not your group, click, you know, your friends that you hang out with, that you play baseball with or football yeah. or, or whatever you do, yeah. rugby or whatever, or, or whatever you do. Mm-hmm. And there's one kid, and it, 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 and I can see that in, in my mind, in my mom found out and their moms found out the good oh, oh man <sighs> never ever again and the apologies that went to that kid and his parents oh man mm. my i get i don't know i've never asked her i don't know if my mom had been kind of made fun of and kind of humiliated publicly right or if dad had, or, or if, if whoever, or maybe one of my brothers or sister had. But, boy, she made a point of it. Yeah. Oh, man, it stuck. That was, that was, because I saw her, she looked at me, and she didn't for a second. She was shocked. That was not something I would, she thought I would ever do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no, I, you know. And, uh, but, yeah. So that's all off the cuff of uh, of uh, 
being a jerk and, yeah. and the rock and 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 Dwayne. Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne. Dwayne. We can call it a two jerks podcast. <laughs> well, it's not I think we just gave him a reason. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think you're right. Okay. Here we go, number sixteen. I don't think you have that either, do you? No. Okay. No worries. Number sixteen. Oh. <laughs> Here's a good one for you. Oh, God. Well, it's not really. Well, I, I'm well, just well, saying be that because you're American. I'll be concise. I'm waffling. What are your memories of 9-11? <sighs> Ouch. Mm. Ouch. I was there a week after. Really? I went there a week after. Were you still living in the States at that point? Yeah. Um, at that point, I was in Nashville. Okay. Um, and... Like, did you travel back to go to New York because of what happened, or was that just your plan to be no, there? No, I, I travel back. Right. Uh, um, but I've been back and forth seeing friends over the years, back and forth in New York, because I moved out of New York in 91. Mm. Um, and I moved to Hawaii in 91. Mm. And then ended up in Nashville with a, another place in between, Colorado. Moved to Nashville from Colorado in 2000 mm. and I built a recording studio a design build for one of my brothers and then got in with a company that put the money up for that recording studio that we built and was working with them mm. doing other kind of design build projects and then times were short and we were working on some ranch outside of Nashville they call them ranches outside of Nashville and I was cutting this huge field, grass, on one of the stand-up riding lawnmowers, right. flying, mm. and it went into the little the little you know canteen there they had. At whatever time we started early in the morning, I walked in, and a big TV, and everybody was standing there, cold still. And I went into on a short break, grab a coffee or whatever, and I looked up and I saw the picture, the image of the tower. Mm. Um. But the first one, and oh my god, because I, I I was there for eleven years. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 some success, some not success, a lot of starving, a lot of a lot of not starving. It was it was home mm. for me. It was a second home for me. Um, and just the magnitude of it all, even if you had never been there, even if you'd never been there, even if you had a bad opinion of Yankees and New Yorkers, that that did not matter at that moment. No. And it was just dumbfounding. It was, uh, it all, you just, you had a sense, a human sense that it all changed. I think looking back at the playback, I cannot watch a documentary on it. I can't see, I cannot watch any documentary or any footage of it. I cannot watch those images um, without huge like anybody huge difficulty but i just won't do it i immediately well up and 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 i cry really yeah that is i mean yeah it just it just because it, it's 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 it it's it changed yeah the world i mean there's innocence gone you know um it, innocence has been leaving us it, it 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 generationally here and there but in this century it's been huge, huge losses of innocence. Uh, Hiroshima. Um, and then in the States, JFK. Yeah. When he got shot. The dream. 
Uh, then, then shortly after, Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. another dream gone, innocence gone, getting jaded. Then Bobby Kennedy, bam, gone, innocence gone. Um, the first terrorist attack, a guy, well, Sirhan Sirhan, first time I think anybody in the States, mm-hmm. in, in middle America had heard of a Middle Eastern name, really. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he was, he was, he was the shooter there. For, for Bobby Kennedy. And then going back there and then the, the, the week after it happened. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, you're sorry. okay. No, you're okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then and then that one, that one, the innocence, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, um, just in my experience, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have lost innocence long before in different cultures, different ways. Um, but a friend of mine um, that I've, um, Lived in Brooklyn. Uh. Um, you know, we, we we were best friends. He and his wife and his dog. Um, when we were in the East Village, there back in the, in the eighties and nineties, and he was working. He he worked with the Red Cross, and he was coordinating the feeding of the um, rescue workers. Okay. And down in Tribeca, um, off of Dwayne Street, um, was a restaurant that was running twenty four seven. And they would do uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That was that's what they would do twenty four seven. And then there was another restaurant below Fourteenth Street. I forget which one it was. Close enough to to drop by there and others to kind of coordinate distance wise. And um, so what I would help load up the meals in the back of these big. You know, big box vans, yep. you guys would call them. we call them U-Haul trucks. And they'd back up, and um, you'd load all the stuff up. And then there was volunteers from kind of all over. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a table of ladies, old farming ladies from Kansas or something. And they were, were talking and doing what they were doing. And, and, and they were had boxes of romaine lettuce that was getting donated by the produce producer, produce people. And they were tearing the lettuce, romaine lettuce, for salad, for Caesar salads. And you had, you know, Michelin star chefs cooking this food. Yeah. They wanted these guys to. Anyway, so I'm standing there doing something, loading something else up. And the chef comes out and he'd been working. I don't know, man. He was, he was, yeah. And he comes out and he sees, goes over where they're putting the lettuce. And he sees there's a piece with brown on it, a little brown on it. He flipped out. And if you've ever worked in a, in a in a fancy restaurant with a chef with an attitude, when they flip out, you know it's it's pretty majestic. <laughs> and he went majestic. <laughs> these innocent, you know, they, they'd never seen like it. You know what I mean? These yeah. these these farming ladies from Kansas. He says, "Oh, there's lettuce," and he's going off on the romaine the lettuce, and he did this diatribe, and they're all thinking, "Why is he going to do a piece of their thing? A little piece of brown on the lettuce? They're not going to hurt anybody." And he finally culminated after about a five-minute rant. He culminated by saying, if you all day long, all morning long, all night long are finding pieces of bodies or dragging people out from under things, and the smell down there was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, and then you come back in to this tent with other people that are other men that are doing that. 
and other women that are there. All of you have lost somebody in there, firefighters and stuff. Mm. And you sit down for a salad, and there's a piece of brown in there. He says, I don't want them to see that. They don't deserve that. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And his, the owner of that restaurant came in, was, was kind of heard that. Anyway, he, he kind of sent the guy home for, for, to get some sleep because he hadn't slept for, I don't know, how many days, how many days. And what they would do is they, did you load these meals up? You know, they're all sealed up and everything else. It's not like they're throwing them on paper plates and everything. It was an organized catering thing. Mm. And then they'd, they'd take it. And then you had time to kind of rejig everything. And then they would come with another, come back with another truck, bringing back the previous meal's dishes. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The dirties. Yeah. From the last meal or the meal before that, whatever, every other, I forget now, it's been a long time, Mm. that the other restaurant had prepared. And so they're rotating. It was kind of like these two. And then the third one came in. (laughs) These three restaurants were functioning like one. You know, and and it just, it was, it was, and the vibe in New York had changed so much. Yeah. But the funny thing was, I mean, you'd, you'd go down to the site when we get a, a day off or whatever, and you'd go down to the site as close as you could get, and in the subway, the, the, the smell was indescribable indescribable a mix of I, I won't describe I really I, I I'd rather not describe what it smelled like okay um, but it was a, a mix of organic and inorganic things um, and it was just um, it, it affected you internally really emotionally the smell mm. um, but people are look at each other Strangers on the street. How you doing? You okay? I mean, New York, man. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge. Give a hug or whatever. But the re- another reassuring thing was that the further it was emotional centric. In other words, it was really kind. The closer you were to Ground Zero, it was really compassionate humanity, the best of humanity that you would ever see anywhere. Yeah. But the further north you got the more like the old New York it was. Ah. You know what I mean? It's amazing. It was. So by the time you were, you started feeling it once you got above 14th Street, then you get above 23rd, like the major avenues on the way up. Yeah. 42nd, you still had it a bit. But by the time you were in the 50s, up in the, you know, after, you know, 57th Street, up through there. <laughs> get out of me. Get the fucking ass from mother. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it was back yeah. to New York. And it was reassuring. It was like, it will go on. Yes. You, we have to go on. Mm. Um, so, there. Yeah. Number 50 what? Damn, Six? That 31. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Number 37. 37. No, you got oh, 30s, man. but not that one. Oh, yeah. It's harder than it looks. I don't it know. Is. it is. Everything's harder than it looks. Yeah, it's we true. We just don't realize till later. All right, well, I'll give you a nice light one. <laughs> when <laughs> could be the name of your autobiography. <laughs> it's harder than it looks. <laughs> well, speaking of harder than it looks, when was the last time you fell over? What? Yeah. 
Fell over. You heard me. When was the last time I fell over? It's not that personal a question. <laughs> no, I know. I I'm trying to think. I know I have. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. It's a weird question. I can remember. Yeah, it is an odd question. I can remember some of the most entertaining ones. Oh, yeah. Well, they might be better. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, You're a horse guy as well. Yes. You fall off horses? Oh, I never have. Really? I never have. Is that rare? I don't know. I feel like that's rare. Oh, that's reassuring next time I get on. Yeah. Oh, well, I was due. <laughs> he jinxed you. <laughs> Damn you, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> How long do I have to wear this? Yeah. Um, I can't eat soup. Only soup? <laughs> anyway. Um, no, uh, gosh, when was the last time? It'd have to be... It's been since I've lived here. Oh, good. But that's great. Okay. Doing well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's all part of the job. <laughs> um, I, I think I missed a chair once. Oh, yeah. I was out with some lads I was doing a TV thing with. Lads, listen mm. to me. Very good. Arr, arr, arr. <laughs> and, oh, that's Glaswegian. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what kind of accent for the audition? Oh, really? Um... Anyway, <laughs> do an Irish character on stage, they won't let me paint a stage in this town. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, and we're at one of those, you know, frou-frou VIP clubby things that this guy liked to go to because he liked to go there for reasons. And uh, we'd been on, a, we'd, we'd been working hard for a, quite a while at this evening. Yeah, I understand. And uh, here and there and everywhere. Sure. And uh, an ashtray exploded at the first place we were at. Exploded? Exploded. And they both jumped behind. <laughs> <laughs> they both jumped behind a wall. And I'm standing there going, what's up? And they peeked their heads around the corner of the wall, and they're looking out on the street because the street was right there outside the door. I mean, it was, it was right on the curb, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it was down over there on uh, Dawson Street or Kildare or something, you know. Yeah. And I thought, I looked at them and go, what have you been up to? I'm thinking, why are you so paranoid? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You think somebody's trying to shoot you, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm thinking, not saying, but I'm looking, and I can see in one of these guys' eyes, he couldn't help but be honest. I can see in his eyes, like, in the rest, and we got out of there relatively soon. But the ashtray had just come out of the dishwasher, and yeah. somebody dumped ice in it or something. I don't know, set it on a cold glass thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. Boom. That's all it was. <laughs> anyway, so that's how the night kind of started. Right. So, you know. Precedent set. You know, yeah, pretty much something's gonna else gonna happen. <laughs> sure. I don't know what else happened. Things did. Uh. One of those things was me missing in a highly, highly, highly visual and visible way mm. um a chair. Um coming back from the um restroom as we call it where I'm from. Mm. The jacks. Yeah. I'm still self conscious when I say that. <laughs> no, you, it fits um, in your mouth. It doesn't well, sound Well, that's good. That's yeah. that's a nasty thought. Yeah. <laughs> and so and I missed the chair spectacularly. And instead of being cool about it, <laughs> what do they do? Oh, you know, they turn into it's like middle school. You know, they're like 13 now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, and then 
it escalated from there because the manager or whoever, maitre d' or whatever it was, you know, came over and, and wanted to make sure I was okay. And then once he'd done that, it was kind of like, kind of given out to me in a bit. I mean, I didn't turn to some like Yahoo stepped off the bus with, you know, black socks and sandals and shorts coming in his joint. You know what I mean? I was I like respectable, your sophisticated. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he doesn't get upset with anybody other than those people <laughs> who always have American accents. Yeah. Weird. I mean, anyway, golly, we're in Ireland. Shucks. And uh, anyway, um, yeah, so that's that. I did fall down. Yeah. I just wanted you to admit that. Golly, um, yeah. man, no, you have never. You, where? How many have we done? Um, I don't know. We've got like we've got like about twenty minutes left. All right, let's get you six. All right, here oh, we go. Sorry. All right, number six is number five. Ooh, I've got one. I've got one. Yeah. Congratulations. I'll have a bingo number five. How does it feel? That's uh, if I if I just focus on the positive aspects of this little piece of paper, it feels great. If great. I look at the Objective, real, it doesn't feel good at all. Okay, well, look, I have a question for you, nonetheless. Thanks. Despite your feelings. As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? <sighs> Lots of things. Yeah. Um, pilot, mm. then architect. Yeah. I think architect is, is when I started wanting to get serious about it. But you, it's like, I was confused, well, not confused, I was interested when you were saying you'd built studios and stuff and designed stuff. Well, that came out of necessity... Um, after, at, when I moved to Colorado. Okay. Um, because I, I, I was studying, I was going to be an architect, and then I went into, then I was studying for the ministry, and then I left that, and then went to New York. What? <laughs> yeah. Can we turn around backwards and walk the other way? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> wow. God, God, Satan, Satan. So anyway, <laughs> so there I went. And waiting tables, do a play, do another play, go back and wait tables. I had to get in school in New York, you know what I mean? Sure. Do a little television. Ooh, a little more television. Great, cool, cool. Oh, he's written down the storyline. Oh, he dies or whatever. Yeah. Wait tables. And then on and on and on and on. So then I left um, New York, went to Hawaii to take a break. Tons of theater out there. Did some TV out there. I think the oldest equity theater, established equity theater in the United States of America is Diamond Head Theater in Honolulu. Wow. And if I'm wrong, it wouldn't be by much. Yeah. And then went to, and then finally got to, got to, got to take a break. <laughs> and went to uh, Colorado. Friends of mine had a 300 and something acre horse and cattle ranch. And, uh, I went there and stayed for a while, stayed for a little longer, mm. learned about horses, learned about cattle. In the meantime, um, a friend of a friend um, was building a house. They needed a crew. He'd hired somebody. So I started off with a shovel, doing dirt work for the foundation on this house. And by the time the house finally got built, I was doing the trim carpentry, the finished carpentry, as mm. they say, mm. and had learned everything in between. And he got along great um, with uh, Gary, the guy whose crew it was, who had a good crew. Gary, Big Mike, Crazy Dave. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And um, we kept working together for, gosh, 
five, six years, building houses in the mountains in Colorado. Whoa. Yes. But also in the snow. Yeah. And also in three, four feet of snow um, where you have to, um, if you need to dig a hole, it's a small hole for something or whatever else, you'd have to build a little fire. I remember helping a plumber on a job. You had to build a fire. to The, the dirt is decomposed granite and, and clay. And in the winter, it gets like a, I don't want to say permafrost, but it's, it's, you can't break it. You need a pickaxe for dirt. So you'd thaw a little bit and dig down a couple of inches and thaw a little bit, smoke a cigarette, have another coffee, <laughs> thaw a little bit more. Wow. Um, but yeah, and so from there, I had acquired that skill and loads of tools. Then my friends had moved on and I was, I was kind of managing the horses. It wasn't a big animal. Wise. Mm. It was breeding stock, longhorn cattle, breeding right. stock, not not sell for beef, but to breed. And then I guess about six or seven horses, yeah, at most. And at, 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 when there were the most there, it was six or seven, and generally it was about four or five. Right. And so I took care of them, their health, their this, their that, the da. And I had to ride them, of course. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, check fences, that thing, cowboy stuff. I I, I enjoyed um, the animals much more than than people. At that time, mm. and um, they're honest, regardless. Yeah, regardless. And you can feel that. You know it. Wow. They let you know. As opposed to crazy Mike or. Well, yeah. I mean, there's no big Mike messing. There's no. Yeah. I mean, ah, big Mike is yeah. How big was crazy. big Mike? Big Mike was about six foot four, and at that time he was probably two seventy pounds. So what's that? Twelve how many stone is that? Two hundred and seventy something pounds. Oh, that's like that's a lot of that stone. That must be nearly twenty something. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Anyway, point is great guy. You ex US Marine. And how crazy was Crazy Dave? Uh Crazy Dave was <laughs> crazy crazy enough to uh to uh I I I, I, w- I, I wouldn't think he's still in. Really? Um but uh last I heard he had uh was involved in a high-speed chase. This is a long time ago. What? Through the mountains in a van and jumped out, abandoned it because they had a roadblock. And he jumped out of the van and tried to swim across a um, white, um, white water river. Yeah. White water river. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Pretty big one. I've driven by it. It's a little big to swim across <laughs> in the wintertime. Jesus. And they caught him. Uh, before he drowned. <laughs> Golly. But great carpenter, man. I learned a lot from him. Good. Yeah. So they were selling the cattle ranch. They'd sold to somebody else. They moved off somewhere else. Yeah. Other owners wanted to keep me on, whatever. But I was kind of done with that. I needed to get back into theater or whatever. I needed to. I had my break. Mm, mm, mm. And my brother, who's a, a, a recording, who's a, 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 a you know um, sound engineer, and uh, also producer, in and out of Nashville, New York, back and forth. Um, and uh, he and his new partner, music partner, um, guy that had a band and um, and a lot of money, wanted to build a new recording studio with a throwback concept. The concept was staggering. Nobody believed it. Nobody believed it, so they had to do it with their own money. Okay. His money. Um, it was a throwback to the 50s, but with a digital audio Station, in other words, you know, a virtual uh, mix board. Yeah. Basically. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he used the Paris system, I think, is, is what he locked into. And uh, anyway, we designed, built it. Wow. And uh, 
he'd say, I needed to do this, I needed to do that in this area, in that area. And me and the other uh, guy from Tennessee, this is outside of Nashville, guy from Tennessee, Danny. Danny Parker. Um, great carpenter, great guy. We would try and come up with, okay, how are we going to do that? It needs, how are we going to... And we researched, and we this, that, and the other, and it, and it just... And we finally had the guys come down from our Lux because we use a lot of their material, which is in the studio now, mm. soundproofing stuff. Yeah. And uh, um, couldn't afford a bass trap, I see. They have Leonard's. Yes. So you can use those. Those are okay. <laughs> anyway, I sound like a pompous <laughs> I am. You can come in and fix it up for us. No, no. It's beautiful as it is, and it works. It sounds good when you listen to this. Yeah. No matter what anyone is saying. The content may not be good, but the form is fantastic. Thank you. In any way, <laughs> so anyway, they Two came jerks. down and tested it, and it was it, it made the cover. Uh, no, not the cover, did it? Titled on the cover of Mix Magazine, which is a big industry thing over in the states back in the day, mm. and it pegged out all the numbers. Wow. It, 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 it 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 blew them away. Wow! And we were really nervous. We had no idea, but we we believed. We knew. We we'd proven it. We 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 made the mistake. Anyway, so um, I wound up building two more similar. Mm. Um, for individuals in Nashville, and uh, um, and then, yeah, that's great. Stop doing that, and uh, and anyway, there you go. Oh, I, I'm, I keep bringing you back, but you're very interesting. So that that's a well, that's a leading statement. I like to think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <No>. Well, <laughs> you mentioned the ministry. Uh, yeah, I'd have to. Yeah. And and so, what was that journey? Wow, um, I feel like writing a um, Doctor Zeus book all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, and answering it in a, you know, in, in a profound, yet humorous and disarming rhyme. Please, um, but I can't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. It was yeah, it was fascinating. I, I think uh, uh, let's be object of looking on it like you know, um, kind of got the call. You know, there was a huge spiritual revolution happening, mm. and they happen cyclically, usually after great social upheaval. Um, you know, the Great Depression, um, World War One. You know, the spiritualist and, and the this and that, and then the Great Depression. The revivals there. A lot of Scottish guys came over then. There was one Scottish guy that was doing revivals all over the place in the States back then. And they happened. They happened. In, in the States, another one occurred after the 60s, that people of the 60s. Hmm. Um, and then and then, and then, then Watergate's coming along. And in Vietnam, oh, God, we didn't win a war. What? Well, it's the first one you heard about that you didn't win, you know, uh, in hindsight. Hmm. But anyway, there was a thing, a spiritual revolution uh, called Spirino. Is kind of what it was called. It was sweeping everywhere. So they had a band, a Christian band, but playing rock music. They had drums. God, they'd never been heard of before. Do you know what I mean? Mm, mm. There was a Christian heavy metal band oh. named Petra. And there was another one that was hard, almost thrasher, heavy, uh, Christian music. Okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And anyway, got swept up in that. My social life became church. Yeah. The, the the kids that I went to school with, I carried a little pocket New Testament in my in my top pocket. Yeah, and this is out there now. Mm -hmm. And um, I was I was into it, and I went obnoxious about it. That's what I believed, and I was sticking with it, and it made a difference to me. 
and my friends that I'd gone, I went to high school. I was fortunate. We moved. My family moved oh, so many places. But I always wound up going to the same school except for one and a half years. So I graduated from high school, the same people I'd gone to school with in kindergarten when I was five. And they called me, I was still Mark to them, but they called me Father Mark now. And they didn't make fun of me. They didn't, we were just, that was it. Yeah. And then so, and then I was going to the ministry and this, that, and the other. So it took university that I was going to that did it with the best one to go to for pre-seminary studies, mm. right? Mm. To get your doctorate or whatever else. I was one of the youngest licensed ministers in uh, Texas. Um, I don't know. I guess I got my paperwork in on time. Yeah. So I was serious about it. I yeah. wasn't messing. No, no, no. And and I would do radical things. I, I would tear, I tore, tore all of Paul's letters out of the New Testament. In front, I was youth director. Uh, for, had a group of about 80 teenagers. And I was giving them a lesson once, and I tore all of, of, of the letters, Paul's letters, everything Paul wrote out of the Bible mm. in front of them. Wow. That didn't go over well with some of the grown-ups. I can imagine. But I told them, don't be messing with that stuff until you read, compare all the Gospels, and try and find what you think was really said by Christ, what really suits you. You can get to that stuff later if you want. But don't get lost in that. Don't get lost in that dogma and that where you're supposed to be about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's coming on from that's coming from the outside. That's a coat you're putting on. Sure. Is what is where I was at. Yeah. <clears throat> so while I'm going to that university, I'm studying. My first year, here it is, was um, Christianity psychology. I had a double major. This is what you kind of needed to go into seminary. Second was um, Christianity theater. Because I joined the theater club thinking I could utilize it with youth ministry. Sure, yeah. Right? yeah. Do theater with kids. And something's starting to click, man. And it started my last year in high school. I had to take an elective. And it was either like medieval literature or drama. <laughs> easy, Duh. easy, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I saw the people that were taking medieval literature. <laughs> I think they were kind of a little bit scarier than the ones taking drama. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Outcasts and outcasts. Yeah, know? for sure. Smart outcasts and outcasts. Yeah. So I went with the outcasts. And something clicked in there. A little enclosure exercise we had one day. Linda Schuler was my teacher. God rest her. Something happened. Something clicked. That was similar to a feeling I had when I felt like I was in... Um, in the spirit of the moment as far as Christianity would be concerned. Yeah. Anyway. So, bottom line, Christianity psychology, Christianity theater, and then my junior year, you know, third year in university in in, in Houston was um, theater psychology. That's kind of, you know, a marker as that's where my brain went. I said, wait. I think I can do more with theater in my beliefs. It's It feels more pure to me because I quit working at the church the year before because I asked for some money in the budget for the youth budget so they could take a trip to Mexico and help build a cinder block building for a school. And the pastor at the church says, no, 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 we're not going to give you that money, but we are going to give you a raise. I said, I don't want the raise. Mm. You're doing a really good job. We want to keep you. I said, well, now that's great, but no, let's do that. He says, no, no, no. And he said, quote, take the money and run. Wow. That's what I did. Yeah, wow. That's what happened inside. Yeah, so I said, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. That'll shake you, yeah. Yeah, so anyway. 
There you are. And what's um? Do you mind me asking? Like, if we can cut this out if it's too personal. But like, what's your relationship to that like l- spirituality now? It and started. It is weird, you know, because going from there and then walking into Juilliard, which Robin Williams said one day at school, he came in to get some help with a Russian accent for that uh, movie he did back in the in eighty two. 81, 82. Moscow on the Hudson. Ah. He came in to get some uh, dialect tips. While you were studying there? While we were studying. We were in the room with Tim Monick. <laughs> the dialect. Maybe God will rest his soul one day. <laughs> and we're in the room. We're in the room with him working on Hamlet's speech to the players. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's got to sound just right or you don't get to come back next year, oh. basically. And Rob Williams pokes the door. This is this is eighty. This is you know, this is Mork and Mindy ish is kind of done. But you know, you know who the man is. Yeah, yeah. We knew who the man was, and he pokes his head in the door. Oh, sorry, Tim. No, 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 Robin, come on in. Come on in. Come on in. He says, I just need. To, I thought I was told you were, the class was over. He says, No, 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 no. He says, What do you need? He says, Well, I need a little help with some of these sounds for this thing. I'm, I've got to shoot tomorrow down over here on whatever street. You know. And he says, what a Russian. He says, oh, yeah. So they chat a little bit. And uh, he says, he says, okay, well, we'll meet after this at whatever time, you know, here in a few minutes. He says, by the way, how's Hollywood? Because he'd just kind of gone out there. Mm. He says, it's like doing acid with chameleons. <laughs> you know, which, which for those who might not know what acid is, it's a hallucinogen. Mm. And, uh, you know, um, it's like doing acid with chameleons. And we all looked at each other. And we were like, mm. we recognized it because that's what Juilliard was to us. It was like doing acid with comedians, which is wonderful one moment. Brilliant. Euphoric. And then the next, oh. <laughs> it's, it's a, anyway. Yeah. So that was for us. It's changed since then. Um, but anyway, I, I think, what was the question? Uh, about your relationship to spirituality now, right? And, and it started. It started morphing. Yeah, it started morphing. It, it kind of it 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 went from a different kind of pulpit in my mind mm. into a different purpose into um, dealing with what my concept of God really was. Um, what I what is God really is mm. is God is. Mm-hmm. Here comes Doctor Seuss. Is I am he is. I am Sam. I am. I am Sam. And so there he is, or there she is, or there it is. There it isn't. It's where I was for 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 a bit of the time through that. Um, and obviously, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't become a Southern Baptist preacher. Um, and although I have my own journey with it. But it isn't as active mm. as it is these days, as it is niggling, right? Um, in me, mm. and I think that comes with, you know, different different phases in your life, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah. Um, And I think I started studying world religions at the time, too, during my Christianity studies. And I remember seeing, well, hang on. This was said 
Christ said this, and that's I believe that's true. But this guy also said it back in 325 B.C. Different words, but it's the same. It doesn't mean anyone's less true or anyone's less of a quote-unquote prophet, you know. Mm. But the guy that said it back then didn't want people to follow him. He just wanted to do his own thing. And then you're moving into the world of life of Brian. Yeah, I'm just Brian. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden he's, sorry for jumping, but there is logic there. No, no, no. I was thinking about Zoroaster who just swept. He just didn't think, he thought all life was sacred. So he started out just sweeping the, the path in front of him, getting rid of any bug he might sweat. People, what are you doing? I don't want to step on any bugs. Well, why? Because all life's sacred. You're sacred. And we're all, we're all part of it. You know what I mean? I kill that. I kill a piece of myself. Mm. Not to get weird about it. Well, then, kind of theoretically, theoretically, and possibly practically, the, the the image is all these other people started getting, oh, that's cool. I'm going to get a broom. So now you've got this really clean town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you've got all these people following each other with brooms, going around sweeping brooms. What good does that do anybody? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> who's growing the corn, as it were? Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, you know, it's kind of like, then for me, it, it's kind of turned into a, the life of Brian thing that, that, that whatever, I'm going to take it to a next level. Um, Terry Gilliam finished shooting Don Quixote, by the way, mm-hmm. um, a couple of days ago. Anyway, um, but he'd been working on it for seven, 20 something years, 17 years. Anyway, um, so just to kind of get rid of all that surroundings, all that kind of Southern Baptist dogma or any kind of particular religious dogma, doctrine, or whether it's Protestant or Catholic or, 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 or uh, um, what is Presbyterian, they call it in the States, Catholic light. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, um, what's it really all about? Do you know what I mean? What, what's, what's going on? What drew me to that? Um, and I'm sure that now I'll be stimulated to think about it more. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah. Joy, 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 joy <laughs> down in my heart. Nice. <laughs> We've got time for, we don't have time for more. Let's do one more anyway. Oh, God. Let's do a quick one. All right. Okay. Quick one. Yeah. Number one. No, don't have it. Well, question is, it's kind of a weird one to finish on, but I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, okay. Do you believe in ghosts? Do Oh, yeah. Yeah? I mean, but you'd have to define ghosts. What is a ghost? What's a ghost to you? To you. To me? Oh, I don't get to answer that. Well, I'm... Uh, do I get to... Yeah, yeah I'd love to know what's a to you. You say. And then I'll say. Well, I mean... I think when I... I think when I wrote that question down... Oh, you wrote these? I wrote all these questions. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are my questions. Yeah. Okay. But I think when I, like, I probably, I probably meant it in the, I mean, when I think of ghost, I do think of, like, white figure, like, in okay. a, that, that, that's what, that's where my brain goes. Okay. That's where my brain goes. Okay. But, like, I, I understand that ghost has, like, so many different connotations to so many different people. Yeah. I'm interested in, like, what that might be for you. I have, I, I have it, I, I see the color thing there, the ghost, the white, mm. I see color enter into it. I, I see... I see grayish is what I see. Gray yes. and the black and the whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, those seared images of the of the like smoke almost. Mm. Do you know what That's I mean? That's exactly yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um for me, I, I, I feel it. I, I for me it's it's a it's a sense. It's a sense that the hair stands up on your arms in a certain area uh. of a house. 
it feels cooler to you. Yeah, I I, I get it in a in a sensory way from a feeling that's coming from inside me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That my body is responding to, and that feeling inside me, that sense inside me, ooh, what's up around here? It's not necessarily always scary. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to say hello. You have to. Um, that I do. I would. It's not like that it happens. Oh, geez, it just happened. What? I was having a piece of toast this morning. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it just, it, it has happened in my life where there's instances where, yeah. And I think what it is, and I'll, I'll, I'll stop here mm. is it's a definite energy. Um, that's, uh, is moving through this space, um, in a different time frame, uh, or, 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 or perspective of time. Um, in a different one of those than we have. Mm. Einstein's theory of uh, whatever was proved by Hubble the other day, um, of micro-gravitational... In other words, you can see the evidence of something else Mm. by the bend of a shape passing between your field of vision and that object's because of gravitational pull. Micro, micro, photo, micro, something. Okay. Anyway, um, it's similar to that to me. I believe that there's that planet out there because I have evidence of what that planet has done with its gravity. I can see the evidence of that planet. I cannot see that planet. I can see the evidence of it. So a ghost, I can feel the evidence of that ghost. Yeah. I sense the evidence of that ghost. I don't need to see it. Sure. I don't need to see it. I think that inter the proving it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there. Great, man. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for doing this. And thank you for doing it. And 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 there you are. Yeah. Come here. We'll shake, we'll shake hands on Mike. Hey, let's shake hands here. on Mike. Yeah, yeah, I love your basket. Where'd it come from? Uh, it came from the states. It came from a lovely fan. You need to tell that story. Have you? Of 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 your. Not now. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. You're done. Well, we should tell you. You, you had suspicions of her goodwill. No, I mean. <laughs> It's really cool. She's re- yeah, it's, it's really, really great. Really cool. It was really great. The kindest thing. Chicago yeah. area. No, no, that, that I think actually no, I tell lie. I think it came from Canada. Ooh, you, you know see. what Canadians are? What's that? Nice Americans. Well, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, man. So, guys, that was Mark Tankersley playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. A massive thank you to Mark for taking the time to do it. I really do appreciate it, and I think it was a smashing chat. So, a huge shout-out to you, Mark. Also, a normal thank you to Conor Nolan for our brilliant artwork, to Liam Moore and Anthony Manley for the deadly theme music, to the boss woman, Taz Kelleher, for mixing, editing, and producing this podcast. Check out her podcast, The Moment Podcast. Uh, Moments Podcast. Plural. Loads of moments. Check it out. Uh, And also, be sure to stay tuned to Personality Bingo for some more updates about some projects that Taz is up to that I will feed through to you guys uh, free of charge of course uh, also a massive thank you to Paddy and Alan on the Heads of Podcast Network for all that they do please do check out the new website which is similar yet much better functioning uh, it's very cool at headstuff.org uh, also a massive thank you to you guys for listening a massive thank you to everyone who got in touch about Fix Me um, I think we're running out of massive thank yous um, so just a medium sized thank you to Mark Tankersley and we will see you next week for another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Morin. Tom
podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.